do computer and everything. The Deep Dive presents the fifth year option NFL draft podcast with Andy Molitor and Vegas Refund, powered by Betsperts. Welcome. This is, of course, not Andy. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm filling in for Andy on fifth year option this week. Luke is filling in for Andy on the deep dive as we are doing the um, the uh, the gimmick. I don't know, I'm sure you remember from back in the day, Luke. You remember when like NBC would do the gimmick and they would like cross over like ER and uh, and Friends or something, stupid? <laughs> and they were like, yeah, we got the, the crossover event that can't be missed. Um, you know, we are we are both filling in for Andy as he pursues his dream to become a professional putt putt golfer. Uh, best of luck to him in the beautiful shores of um, uh, Myrtle Beach, I believe, South Carolina. Um, but uh, how you doing today, Luke? Phenomenal. It's a uh, week out. You got some good stuff with uh, DJ and Schrager this morning, which was great. First round over. First round props came out on FanDuel. Uh, it feels like we're pumping. Yeah, it really does. And uh, uh, I got to say, the DJ and Schrager was eagerly anticipated. Um, because there's been sort of a, a, a vacuum of high level guys you have in sort of the Mount Rushmore of I want them to, you know, I, I need their info. Uh, it's been a little bit quiet from them, I feel like, over this whole cycle. And now that they're showing up and they're saying a lot of things that are confirming my biases, I'm pretty happy. <laughs> so uh, Dude, enjoy, enjoying that. I was, I, I, when he made the Levis comment, I was, I was so happy. Yeah, and uh, and honestly, in response to that, I think Lovis is down at uh, at least at the place in, on the earth where you can get the most liquidity in any draft bet. Uh, he's gone, so I think that's correlated. Um, you the uh, you get the uh, the mute on by accident either way, but the uh, um, the I guess I want to set up a little bit here um, where we stand and see if you agree with me. <clears throat> Uh, we are still waiting on concrete info for Houston at two. I think we can kind of put to bed Bryce at one, unless something absolutely ridiculous is going on there. That's a done deal. Um, and so the draft starts at two. Um, and we say this every cycle, the draft starts at blank. Uh, and this year it feels even more important what Texas does at two. Um, because I have a lean on what I think they ultimately will do um, but it's not very strong and it's not informed by someone in the building saying they've already made up their mind. Um, and I feel like there's a world where they come to their senses. They take a quarterback for themselves for the future. And that quarterback I would guess is Will Levis because I've heard pretty high, you know, pretty reliable reports that he is their QB two on their board. Um, and I think that then creates a situation where the third pick is very, very valuable for someone to trade into someone namely the the Tennessee Titans to trade into so that they can get the third quarterback in Anthony Richardson before the Colts scoop him at four. And I guess this the setup for this in my mind is that everything we've heard is this idea of this being a four quarterback draft is shifting a little bit and this may be a three quarterback draft. Is that crazy? Uh that is not crazy at all. I mean in it Everything hinges off of number two. Like, really, the – I want to say, like, out of, like based off the top four, like, the only, like, close certainty I have is that it's not Stroud. 
for two. Right. Uh, right. Which, right. So give me a price on what Stroud two no ought to be. Like minus 500, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I would say 275. I mean, okay. it, it's, that's tough. I mean, I would love for them to offer us no's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but which that blueprint you just went through? Oh, that has Stroud falling out of the top four for you. Yeah, yeah. Unless the Colts just take it oh, yeah. because they are they have no other choice. But uh, right, in that right. yeah, in that world, uh, the Colts get the sh- get the stick, get the shaft, and you know. I think that Ballard will not ever trade up out of okay in the in the in like the world of what do we what are knowns right the no the the seemingly known that Houston does not end up with Stroud I think is pretty high likelihood the seemingly known that Ballard won't trade up I think is high likelihood um, and so it kind of turned you know that if if the you know Texans take Levis at two then I think it becomes a matter of does Arizona find a trading partner. If yes, then Richardson three. If no, then Richardson four. Yeah, I can buy that. Okay. Yeah, I can buy that. Which yeah. And all the all the Richardson unders are at plus money right now, too. Um I, I just eh, the Richardson unders are I can't do it. I, I just <laughs> I, I mean, I, I totally get it. I just can't do it. Um because I still like as like Levis going to would be the greatest outcome for myself, I think. But I still feel like it's Tyree where that kind of pushes everyone down, um, which actually, no, it doesn't because basically Levis could go two or four. Yeah, exactly. He's not going to get right. Yeah. So basically if, you you're speaking into existence the other world, which is the Texans are not BSing. They really are going to take a defensive player too, and uh, I'm going to take you on a wild ride after we go through this. But uh, Texans take a defender too, then the Cardinals now have very little leverage to right. get a trade done, and they take a defender three, and then Levis goes four. Right. So based on this kind of these these kind of two most likely worlds we live in, Levis goes two or Levis goes four. Either way, his under uh, I thought was kind of the highest DV bet of the week. I'm I'm t- up to my up to my gills on that anyway. So <laughs> I, I hope it, it's right. Can you? Uh, and I, I do think the one thing that most people assume that you kind of just went against, which you brought this up to me, that kind of opened my eyes to it. But the value of number number three being devalued if a defender goes second because i yeah. think everything everything yeah. everyone assumes that if stroud is there the third pick is more valuable but technically <laughs> in your eyes it's not right right i think uh uh i think the market for stroud is pretty soft number one uh based on just okay market for stroud being soft like this isn't even i have inside information on this like he was presumed to be the number one pick. He has done the least amount of like visiting teams down the board, right? Like his whole team has really kind of keyed him in on guys, you know, teams at the top. 
And if they don't take him, then you get an Aaron Rodgers situation where, yeah, Stroud may be there at eight, nine, 10, 11, but those teams have already decided we don't want a quarterback and, or we didn't really do our due diligence on him. So we're not going to take him. Like if those teams pass on him, then are we really going to risk it? And so I think, you know, free fall is potentially in play. Now that doesn't, I have no idea if the Titans would take him at 11 as a backstop. That seems plausible. That seems plausible, (laughs) right? I mean, he's in Atlanta right now. Like the fact that he's like going to the Falcons right now, to me kind of speaks that (laughs) there's a last minute. That they know. Yeah. Yeah. It was yesterday because yesterday was the last, last day. Um, Oh, he might be there. We should probably see him. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree with that. Uh, And so, yeah, there's a chance he slides out of the top five. I think pretty high, pretty pretty realistic likelihood, um, and I think that's that's uh, um, so the 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 idea of leverage of the three pick um, Titans. If the Titans have three quarterbacks that they would be accept that they would accept or two even right, maybe it's Young and Richardson only, right? And one of those guys is available at three. Uh, you know, then they want to get ahead of the Colts because they know the Colts would take that guy, right? But if Levis and Richardson are there at three, then the expectation is Colts go Levis and then Richardson potentially you can get him later. Maybe he slides to you at 11 or maybe you can do a cheaper deal to go up and get him at some point, right? Because there's a lot of teams kind of in the bottom half of the top 10 that are trying to trade down or at least exploring options, right? So, yeah, I think uh, Cardinals lose a lot of leverage if the Colts, I mean, if the uh, Texans take a defender. Um, I don't know who the defender would be for the Texans. I don't think it is a slam dunk that it's Will Anderson. I think there's no enough way. There's enough boards that have Wilson over Anderson that Wilson going to, I think, is still very much in play if that's the, that's the path they go. Uh, I think we have high confidence from one of our good friends that that Wilson's at the top of the uh, the defensive board for the Cardinals over Anderson, right? Yep. So Wilson going as first defender all of a sudden has has real legs. Um, the only, and this is again crazy, is the only path for Anderson to be the first defender now is if it goes quarterback, 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 and then Seattle takes him five. Exactly. Pretty much. <laughs> which is why, like, which is I mean, and the first defender odds have been coming down. Where I think it was like plus three hundred. Now it's depending on where it is. It's like plus one seventy, plus two hundred. Which to me, like there's still, I think that's still very bettable. Um, based on, and it seems like the foundation to the last two weeks with everything coming to fruition is Zerline's mock that was once thought as being crazy, and he's just he's a, it's a Tweet reply extravaganza, but there are nuggets and you got to connect a few. And he definitely is loving all the attention. Uh, but <laughs> he had Tyree, he had Tyrea too. Yeah. Uh, which everything you see is Tyree over Anderson at two. And like, I, if anything, I think they should just have the same. Like, there shouldn't be a favorite. Yeah. I, we, uh, we're on the same page there. Um, okay. So let's go down a fun rabbit hole of the Texans taking a defender at two, or even just the Texans not taking a QB at two, right? Yeah. All of our smart friends in football space gives kind of, I'll, I'll use Suma as sort of the, the prototypical like guy, right? Mm-hmm. 
they're all saying the same thing about the Texans coming out of this draft with a quarterback as being like a, a, a must, right? Well, and yeah, you say it out loud, like it is absolutely insane to punt on an entire season and expect that you're going to have a shot at Caleb Williams or Drake May next year. And that's exactly. your plan. Like that's that's not ever a plan. It's not a plan, right? They're not going to trot Davis Mills out there and tell season ticket holders, hey guys, we're running it back with Davis Mills. Buy tickets. <laughs> like that's not happening, right? Um, and so the idea of they got to come away with a quarterback, but they don't take one at two is tough for a lot of people to swallow. Is that fair? Fair. Okay. What are their options if they don't take a quarterback at two? Well, surely one of them is wait and get hooker at some point, right? Like you got a 12th pick. That's yep. like kind of emergency using a break glass in case of emergency and take hooker. If all the other quarterbacks go higher than you think. Uh, and you know, you, you just, you have to get one, right? They have what the 33rd pick or something. Um, 32nd pick, whatever it is. The first pick in the second round, them? Uh, Steelers have the f- first pick in the second round, I think, and then it's them. Okay, so they got that. They got early second rounder they could use on Hooker if Hooker slides out of one. Uh, that's So Hooker is definitely an option for them, and we've heard decent buzz that they've worked him out. Like, they've, they're definitely, they've explored that option, right? Yep. But even that, like, God, man, you're really going to go to your fans and say, we got the quarterback of the future, Hendon Hooker, who's coming off an ACL and you know, and and really just has zero zero juice. Uh, and he can't tough. even like, yeah. and Hooker can't even play this year. So like, you might as yeah. well you might <laughs> taking Hooker, who's off of an ACL that probably will sit out. Yeah, you're basically in the spot, the same spot where you might as well not even take him and just tank for Caleb than take him. Yeah, like you're gonna have the same amount of wins whether you have. Hooker or not. <laughs> <laughs> you're exactly right. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. You're absolutely correct by that. You're you're the favorite for the number one pick if that's your strategy. Correct. And yeah, <laughs> I I do think that like it's common knowledge that the Texans love Bryce. Like if Bryce was there, they would take him. And everyone thinks it's crazy that they didn't trade up to one. The fact that they didn't trade up to one to me kind of tells me like how bought in they are to buy like taking a quarterback, which isn't a lot. Like if yeah. they were like basically not trading into one where Bryce is your guy kind of tells me like QB, they might just punt. Um, yeah. Because they didn't really want to trade up if they love him as much as we all think they do. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, like if I'm making a mock draft, like there's two mocks, you can make a mock with Bryce Levis, Bryce two defensive linemen where I'm just doing Levis for the culture. <laughs> and Stroud falls, yeah. but if it's like two defensive linemen, God, I can't even do it in my head. But like two D linemen, Levis, AR five, Stroud falls. Like Stroud falls in both. Stroud Stroud falls in both. Yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> we agree. Okay, so what's the other option for the Texans if it's not Hooker? It's pretty. It's staring us in the face, right? It's that they trade for a guy who's in a situation that he's Trey not. Lance. He's not happy. Well, Trey Lance has been the buzz. He's been the buzz. But what if there's another target out there and there's a deal that's already been effectively made? And it takes a it takes a quarterback who's in a a dicey situation but still has value. Lamar. Not Lamar either. Lamar's a tough one because now you got to give him a big yeah. old a big old guaranteed contract. 
Uh, I have absolutely no idea. Mac Jones. Oh, please. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So here's the thing. Here's the thing about Mac Jones. Okay. The, The relationship with Mac and Bill right now, would you describe it as toxic? From what we have been told, yes. Okay. Offensive coordinator for the Texans is a Shanahan disciple. Correct. They value the traits that we know had them locked in on Matt Jones at the, when they traded up to three in the first place. You would agree? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love this. Like, yes. As okay. a Patriots fan, I love this. Okay. And I think this all kind of boils down to, um, you know, what what – in the what in the world happened with Mac Jones and the Patriots, right? Like, how did that go so pear shaped, so aggressively? And I got a little tidbit today that I haven't shared with you, and I want your opinion on this. Um, so, Patriots go get Mac Jones. At the time, the offense was the Josh McDaniels show. So, presumably, he was a McDaniels guy, not a Belichick guy, right? Right. Belichick signed off on it, but he wasn't going to tell McDaniels who he, he could have, couldn't run his offense with. Right. Um, and then in the, in, you know, McDaniels walks out of the building, presumably because he realizes that Belichick favors Mayo as his successor, not him. And so he's now got to go. So his own notes, <laughs> he's got to go to Vegas. Probably mm-hmm. the worst. He, he was, not, he didn't have any good options. But that was among the worst, and I don't think he makes that move unless he feels like he has to, right? right. Um, and so then Belichick has an offensive vacuum, and for whatever reason, he installs Matt Patricia to uh, solve that problem, okay? Belichick's made a lot of weird decisions in his career. This is at the top of the list. Why in the world would you put Matt Patricia in charge here? It goes poorly as expected, and there is a, uh, a story that uh, in camp – before we even get to the regular season, Mac Jones is hitting the uh, emergency button, calling Alabama and saying, we need help. This what? isn't working. This isn't working. We need help. Of course, a lot of connections between Alabama and New England. Gets back to Belichick. Mac Jones is squarely in the doghouse now because he reached out to his alma mater for help on offense because the Patricia experience was not going as planned okay so at this point i mean it wasn't over i would imagine between those two people but it's definitely not easy to heal those wounds and then nothing that happened last season made things better uh certainly benching him for zappy my god like that was that that was such an aggressive decision it was like belichick has quit on this guy right and then of course Later in the season, you know, Mac starts getting vocal about the way the offense is, is being called. Patricia ultimately gets fired. Uh, I, I don't know how to make a market for this, but the idea that Mac Jones is going to take the field for Belichick this season, I think is starting to look a little bit low. <laughs> and, and so he's, if he's going anywhere. It would make Nick, a lot of sense. Nick Cesario quarter, you know, offensive coordinator that, uh, uh, you know, prize those traits in the draft a couple of years ago. Anyway, um, I think there's, I think there's definitely a path that if the Texans have already decided, Hey, we lost out on Bryce young. We don't love any of these other guys. I think their plan B might be, let's go make a deal for Jones. 
uh, would you say, I mean, that blew my mind, but would you say Trey Lance or Mac Jones has a better chance to be traded at Texas? Mac Jones. Uh, it makes total sense. I want to know who he's like, what help is he, the, when he's calling to like ask for help, like what help is he trying to get? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, who's going to come? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, good question. But, yeah. Um, it's a good that's question. Wild. It makes, I mean, you connect the dots, it makes total sense, uh, yeah. which that would put D line at number two squarely in play. Yeah. It would also put uh, that pick being made by the Patriots in play. The Pats would have to give up picks too. 14 goes 14, to the Texans. Right. Mac Jones goes to the Texans. Patriots pick number two. Yeah. I mean, and then the Pats, and who the hell would the Pats take? Oh my God. I don't know. Have they have they had any meetings or interviews with anyone recently? I thought I saw one with Stroud. I'm not sure. No. Let's Maybe. go look at. Uh, let's check. Uh, let's see if if uh, there was somebody that had a report. Oh, it was Ian Rappaport. Pats worked out Will Levis. Oh, there we go. Works for everyone. <laughs> what in the world? <laughs> like, oh, okay. So I, I'm 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 being a little uh, having a little fun here, just because. Like I don't, I don't really understand what's going to happen. Ultimately, Will Levis going to the Texans at two is not crazy. Uh, if the Pats, you know, evaluate Levis as uh, a quarterback, they would go to war with. I would expect the Texans, who have similar, you know, just evaluation parameters, would see the same. Um, and just in general, I think um, Texans could just kind of chill out and just decide, hey, we're just going to take our QB two, and that's the plan because that's an easy thing to sell to your fans. Um, and that would be Levis, in my opinion. So, yeah, we come off a long way to say the most, uh, I would say, like 40% chance in my mind that it goes Bryce, Levis, question mark, and then question mark, and then or it goes 40% chance it goes Bryce, Levis, AR, question mark, or defense, uh, AR, right? Right. So basically, depend entirely depending on whether or not the Cardinals trade. Okay, Cardinals make a deal; it's AR three. Cardinals don't make a deal; it's Wilson three. The only, the only thing I I am not on with is it would be insane. Like the AR to the Colts just never has made sense to me. Or if it's like AR and Stroud, like it's just insane to me that the Colts would go AR who's not ready to start day one and just roll with Gardner Minshew. Um, or like their specific team, like the AR teams are like the teams who have the bridge quarterback, Jimmy. There's like Seattle, four or five, Detroit. like Tannehill. Yeah, yeah, Seattle, Detroit, Tennessee. Yeah, I Which is like, yeah, completely Colts agree. are not one of them, which is why Levis and Stroud, to me, were the Texans, Colts, and then the other teams should probably be favored for AR. Um, or like Titans trading up for one of those two. Um, okay. Reports that uh, Stroud's interview with the Colts was a catastrophe. Oh, you, right. you you would hold those as smoke or uh, No, or I real? forgot about that. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, maybe the catastrophe, which he's just totally like, it, it, it's just crazy. And it wasn't too far like long ago that we were all like convinced he was going one and it was minus 400. Yeah. Which it's insane. But <laughs> I think, okay. and then I think when we had Staten on last week, yeah, 
like let's say AR gets to five. Yeah. Like he was clear about AR over Tyree, Anderson over AR. So for whatever reason, Anderson goes two or three and then Levis. Based off of that scenario, they would go AR at five. I I love the interview that you guys did with him, by the way. You got so many useful nuggets out. Uh, and But the one that really, really stuck with me is his story about Seattle was high on Josh Allen. Yeah. And didn't make a, didn't move on from Russell Wilson in time to go get Josh Allen. And they had regrets. Uh, I mean, if there's not a more similar kind of raw talent and guy who loves football and will work to kind of, you know, kind of make up for his deficiencies, AR is that guy in this draft from what I can tell you. Um, and so fitting with Seattle, it seems like there's, there's been so little smoke and so little, like we are like, uh, you know, just like they they have kept their cards very close to their vet, right. the chest. If that's, if that's the case. Um, but in a, in the blind, it makes so much sense that, uh, that I, if he is there at five, I, I, I would expect they maybe you get the shot of the draft room and it's just 10 men just giddy you know like <laughs> i can't believe this happened uh like I, I think that's that's very realistic and maybe the only thing that changes that is if anderson is available do you get why anderson is in general it feels like sliding a bit in the minds of a lot of the evaluators you see what i read and like what you see in the last week or it, i guess it's about his like bend <laughs> sure and basically tyree is like this the ceiling is way higher on Tyree than Anderson. Like Anderson is just going to be a solid starter, like the highest floor, lower ceiling. Um, when you drop this high, you want to go for the ceiling, I guess you could say, where Tyree has all the bend. He's just a, he's more of a freak than Anderson, essentially. Um, yeah. So if only there was some recent history to tell us that that's something that teams would do with the high pick. Oh, like Trayvon. taking Trayvon Walker over. <laughs> like, oh, oh my gosh. It's, we just lived through this. Okay. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. Um, all right. Okay. All right. I think I think that's a that's a fair sort of setting the table for the draft. And that's kind of the intrigue that I'm the most uh I'm the most excited to get an answer on. Uh is what are Texans gonna do it to? Um and realistically, I think um uh you know the um we're gonna I, I mean, I'm assuming we're going to hear before the market goes pear-shaped on that, and we're going to be able to click, click, click away on something once we know which of these kind of realities we are going to we are living in, right? Because you don't get the sense that anyone is really staking their flag that sincerely on one thing or the other with the Texans at two, right? It's kind of fifty-fifty market-wide. Yeah, yeah. Like really, the only thing that it's just not going to be Stroud um, is the only staking. Yeah. Where the other one, pivoting off of Staten. Schrager and Jeremiah just did their podcast, which I mm-hmm. blazed through at two X. Um, Have to. Yeah. And one of one of Jeremiah's comments was basically he's quote unquote he was hearing that the Seahawks will not be taking Jalen Carter, um, and he actually referenced McDowell, which Staten got into. And yes. I mean, I've always had interest in the Carter under, but I have never taken action because of Staten and. Before last week, I was starting to pull away from Staten's take on it, but then he just sucked me right back in. Yeah. Um, and 
Jer- in which like Jeremiah saying it is like basically the nail in the coffin, at least for me. Yeah. Uh, which at his six and a half over under, it's lines or bust for him, uh, yep. which I do think is definitely in play. I don't think corner is a lock whatsoever. And we saw the odds on DraftKings adjust, which I think people just stopped checking uh, because it was a corner at like minus 250. And then all of a sudden, a couple of days ago, all of a sudden, D lines minus 105 and corners plus like even odds. Um, which could be Jalen Carter, but like removing Carter from five conversation, theoretically, I guess clears up the rest of the top 10 where Jalen could slide to very well could slide to nine at this point. I mean, that podcast was great. If you, if you're listening, you haven't listened to the Schrager Jeremiah pod. It was awesome. Like they're I, most I, nuggets, I, I think. when you shared that nugget, I went out and sought out that portion and the way he was talking about it sounded like he either reads Rob's blog or listened to the podcast <laughs> right. you did with him last week. Because it was like all of those reasons very clearly thought out. And honestly, when I went into listening to that interview you did with Rob last week, I was at probably like 90-10. They won't take him because of reading his work. And then when he said it out loud, it was like, oh, this is yeah. 0-100. <laughs> like he is not 100%. a Seahawk, period. Like there's if that if if there was one thing that was kind of common common uh you know expectation market-wide that would absolutely blow me out of the water at this point it would be the seahawks actually walking up and putting in the card for carter at five um just don't just don't think that's really on the in the board uh, you know in 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 the realm of possibility all right um so is there any way to really make any bets or any money right this moment knowing what we know about how the you know kind of the shape of the top of the board is gonna is gonna play out like high, like anything, because again, like you know this, like there's two ways to make money in the NFL draft. You're either swinging away at the insane stuff that sounds insane, but ultimately actually has real legs, or you're laying enormous prices on stuff that right. is priced like 80% when it's actually 99.9%. Like uh, O-lineman over four and a half, or five, you know, o, four, over four and a half O-lineman, is that the number still? Or is it five, five and, and a half? half. What, over five and a half? Corners yeah, over, was four and a half. Was four and a half, yeah. Like those overs to me seem like they should be in the minus 900 range and they're in like the minus 250 range. And yeah, you're locking up capital for a week and, you know, crazier things have happened. But, um, you know, to me, like you either go that route and just hit the likely stuff that's not quite priced as certain when it should be or you swing away at the insane stuff because we don't really know right now. Um, what do you see at the top of the board that that has betting value? Anything? Um, I, I think Tyree, first defensive player, where you kind of want to like the ripple effect of like, you kind of want to take a stance on if you think Levis or defensive lineman to go in second and bet off of the ripple effect. But it had, had like probably like taking shots at Stroud on the pick, which I think books stop offering them at like pick six or they just took them off the board at like seven and eight. Like Vandal doesn't have them up for seven or eight, I don't think, uh, which they will. Uh, but yeah, I mean, everything has been blood dry. Like, and like, it is the uncertainty where it's nice because this time last year, it would be minus 500s everywhere. Uh, but since there is an uncertainty, uncertainty, we still have like the plus 200s that at one point they were 20 to one, but plus 200 <laughs> is better. Plus 200 is better than minus 500, which yeah, right. might not be value now, but tomorrow it very well could be. Um, because yeah. it could be minus 500 but like in terms of like the, there are a couple of over-unders i'm eyeing that i'm waiting to move and really this morning was 
like fire, like Jim, like that podcast, like in just to go over some of the points that they want. Yeah, hit it, had, hit it, hit it. Jalen not going to the Seahawks. Yeah. The key point of the whole thing was Jeremiah saying that from, and all of this is like in the context of from what he's hearing is that the Colts view Levis over Stroud in AR. Mm-hmm. And one of the others was Schrager made a comment about when he put his mock draft out a couple of days ago, which this is exactly why he does it the way he does. He got multiple texts from teams saying that he was crazy putting Zay to the Giants over Quinton and that his wide receiver order was totally out of whack, uh, which everyone has Quinton falling out of the first. And Zay has kind of been that Twitter darling. It seems like every expert loves Zay and everyone has his first wide receiver taken odds bet. Uh, and the last one, there's a couple. And then Bergeron, the tackle out of Syracuse. Jeremiah put him in the first, which in the context, there's like two sides of this. He put him in the first because all the tackles were off the board at that point. And I do think he kind of wanted to just bring attention to him, kind of like he has in the past, like Tyree. But he said he knows teams that are in love with this dude with all the other tackles. Um, he's basically a sleeper that he can see going in the first, um, which I think is Bergeron's odds got absolutely smoked first round on Canby. Um, they didn't have Zay in the first. They didn't have They didn't have a few consensus guys in the first. Um, and then the guy to Northwestern at a bouquet, I'm not even gonna try to pronounce his name. DJ said he was going to have to the chiefs in his mock next week, which he's only doing one more, which is a pain in the ass. Um, I think that, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, think that, I mean, I, I replied in his Twitter or his Reddit Q and a, I asked a question. I put like stars on both sides of it so that I, he would catch it kind of like when you throw your number in the bin and you crinkle it up, hoping that they uh, feel it. And you replied, and it wasn't until Wednesday. Um, I think I had three questions and you only got that one. But Yeah. I mean, the sentiment about the O-lineman is why I would say, like, if you can only have one high likelihood bet on the board, what is it right now? Over five and a half O-lineman. To me, like, six is the floor. It reminds you of that Notre Dame bet we had a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to well, say it's like that much of a lock. <laughs> that was but... bananas. I don't think I'll ever. I don't think I'll ever see anything like that again. That was so mispriced; it was impossible. And that was the first year I really think they started offering draft yeah. props, so they didn't have a yeah. flow. Um, and then the last one I forgot, just so I don't forget, Jeremiah like casually dropping that he's heard the Bears have interest in Bijan, um, which I don't buy that one, um, especially if Jalen's falling, <laughs> but. That was definitely one of note. Um, I would say the Bears have executed lying season very well. Last year, the Giants executed lying season the best. I will never trust a Giants report I ever hear ever again until like something comes true. But uh, there were there were there were stuff floating around like that they had had this disastrous dinner with Kayvon Thibodeau and like. And ultimately, oh, yeah. I, it may have depressed his value from going too. <laughs> like it might have worked to where he fell to them at four and they took him. I think they were behind circulating all the rumors about Evan Neal's injury status and that he wasn't sure. going to be able to go. And then they took him seventh. Like, I, you know, they, they really, really did the lying thing. They did it dirty, um, but I think they executed it well. And uh, like you said about Bijan to the to the Bears, like, 
I'm struggling to find a player who's going to be drafted in the top 20 who at, at some point hasn't been connected to the Bears. Like, I'm hearing buzz that they like right. blank. Like, it's it's been so many players that they're I obviously mean, telling everybody somebody different. And Bijan's connected to, like, every team at this point as well. So it's like yeah. no one has any clue. Like, you hear, like, commanders have been the favorite. And then it might have been Standig. I forget. Somewhere said, like, the commanders are out on Bijan. Mm-hmm. Um but I mean, the Eagles with the trendy spot. Then you see all the beat writers saying he's not an option. And then Jeremiah put Bijan to the Eagles, which is notable, not not as notable than mm-hmm. his Jets pick because he used to be in the front office of the Eagles. Um, and then with the Jets, and this is like two. I'm moving the sticks. His pod. I want to say two days ago, and then on the pod with Schrager, he did his pick for the Jets or his recommendation. Both times, it really feels like he's making like a strong stance on D-line at 13, which out of like the 40 mocks I track, it, 95, 95% of them have them taking offensive line. It's the highest consensus, which he's taken O-line both times this year. Oh, both he just mocks, But like he just keeps he – didn't, he didn't do D-line. Actually, his last mock, he did D-line. He did Nolan Smith. But he just is like harping D-line. Which is like notable. I don't think it's actionable. Maybe if you want to do like Jets position to draft first, but everyone is just assuming they're going offensive line. And if someone like Nolan is there, or I don't know Van Ness, um, I don't think it's out of the realm of like craziness that it could be possible. Uh, Broderick feels like he's falling a little bit, and then Darnell feels like he's rising. And then, like, the three guys, which I think everyone in this Discord destroyed, uh, that are definitely feeling like locks to be the first runner. Manuel Forbes, Anton Harris, and then who's the third one? Um, Will McDonald, which I would probably rank um, Anton Forbes McDonald in terms of, like, likelihood. Yeah. But I think those all three of those opened up at, like, plus money in terms of first-round odds on FanDuel this morning. And they all three of them are out to like minus two hundred, minus three hundred. I think Forbes is like minus, or no, Anton is like minus five hundred. <laughs> yeah, I, I was gonna say I'm seeing a screenshot with Anton at plus one hundred five to go in the first round. Can I still bet that? No? <laughs> oh, he's minus five hundred now. Oh, Oops. yeah, he's minus five hundred. Which Oops. I think that has to do with our friends over at four for four as well. Um, ah, okay, gave him out. <laughs> okay, so. Um, I want to uh, thank you for the kind of update on sort of the overall uh, macro. I was, I always appreciate when you guys get to that on the fifth year and um, I don't have any strong disagreement or contention with any of that. Um, but I want to go back to up higher and uh, get your take on this. So Wilson top five, Patrick says is plus 100 on DK. Okay. At face value, I want to, as I, I gravitate towards the less uncertain, which is the top for the over-unders. And that's stupid. I know. Like, I don't need a lecture on. I shouldn't be looking at the top because it's well-priced, but blah, 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 blah. But, like, the Will Anderson at three and a half is plus money over. The Tyree Wilson is currently in, like, the six, six and a half range at most places. Yeah. Let me get that right. Five and a half now. Ooh, okay. So this keeps getting bet down. So Tyree Wilson is at five and a half. It's juicy to the under. And 
I agree with you that the big, you know, if you want to get a decent, you know, if you want to swing on something we've heard at the top, you probably take Wilson first defense at a plus 200 or better price and just be fine with that. But I can't get as much down on that at all as I could on over three and a half for Anderson or under five and a half on Wilson because you can multi-click those for 500 to pop on Bookmaker. So a general opinion on Wilson's floor, right? And general opinion on Anderson over under three and a half at plus money, over three and a half at plus money. Uh, and I guess let's start with Wilson because we talked about Anderson a good amount. I, I, and I know my what my risk is there. Like, yeah, I get it. He could go two to the Texans, sure. I get it. He could go three to the Cardinals, assuming Wilson goes two. Um, but what is Wilson's floor if we do have a run of quarterbacks at the top? So the Wilson's floor is probably Falcons, I would say. Like I don't think he gets past eight, but at the same time, you believe that he's either gonna go two. So if he doesn't go two and the Cardinals trade out, that trade is probably for a QB. And the Colts go QB, and then we have the Seahawks, which Staten thinks that the Seahawks would go AR over Tyree and Anderson, too, right? Like, and I get that because, like, Anderson's a tryhard, like, he's much more in the effort mold that right. Carol would prize, right? So, Anderson goes over Tyree if they're both on the board at five, yeah, yes, okay. So, then at that point, under five and a half is a loser. So laying that price, laying that price. Basically, yeah, you're you're under five and a half. You're betting that the Texans take him at two. You either need two D linemen to go in the top at two or three with no trade, or you need the Texans to take him over Anderson at two. Okay, so basically the same. So Anderson. So sorry, Wilson under five and a half. Oh, excuse me, Wilson over five and a half. Should be basically the same price as first four picks QB, or first three. Yeah, first three picks QB. Yeah, because yeah. Okay. 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 Um, okay. So it's probably not a good. It's probably a bet to the under, but not a good enough bet to really go ham at minus one fifty nine right. now. Yeah. Uh, same for Wilson. Although Wilson over three and a half has gotten nibbled on now a couple times. It was plus yeah, one over. when we started. It keeps getting nibbled. Anderson. Anderson's over keeps getting nibbled and it's not, yeah, that's not me. One. I would. Yeah. I mean, I bet that when it opened like months ago um, and I haven't hedged where if you think Tyree's going to like that over in a trade is very likely like no one's trading up for Anderson. No. So, I mean, yeah, and we, we believe that the Cardinals are going to trade out where they trade out, like the over is going to hit either way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. To Ben's uh, question, Bryce Levis as a one, two, in my opinion, the likelihood that Anderson goes three in that scenario is like close to zero because we've been told by someone who would know that the Cardinals have Wilson over Anderson on their board. And so if they're stuck with that pick, it's Wilson. And if they trade that pick, it's a quarterback. Right. Okay. 
Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. Um, the, uh, the circle back on another thing you mentioned about Zay flowers. So did you read the, um, the guy from Dallas? I forget his name. The Rick, uh, Rick's maybe Rick something. The guy from yeah. Dallas who did like the whole expose on court on wide receivers and tight ends, and he had all these anonymous scouts oh. who were quoting about Zay Flowers. You, I, you sent me this actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Miguel. You, you, Miguel. Miguel, Miguel, Miguel. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. You sent me that. Uh, it was a tough I, saying. It was, and actually, everything in there, like you read that stuff that scouts say, that doesn't seem like smoke to me, right? Because like, I think maybe the um, and you might uh, you know besides the just absurdly stupid prices like over one and a half Notre Dame players when two are going in the top <laughs> 10 uh, in round one. Uh, you know, aside from those, the best bets that I've made in the draft have been overs on guys that have like sincere character or injury concerns that you don't find out about until the week of. And that felt like one of those. Am I crazy? It's a character with Zay. Yeah. I think Zay, I don't think Zay's character is in question at all. Oh, Okay. Okay. I think I think Zay's character is like rock solid. Like he hasn't had any, he hasn't had any team meetings. Okay. Which like is the like which Albert Breer quoted that him not having any meetings because he checks all the boxes. Um, no one has questions. Okay. But that McGill piece was more about him being small, and with his size, he's not explosive enough or like a playmaker uh, to offset his size. Yeah, there is, and it's that he not he doesn't play like a big receiver, which a lot of it I was reading was like really like basically shitting on his physical traits, and a lot of it I didn't agree with. Okay, uh, but at the same time, like what I think doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I need to read. It. I don't remember seeing. There was a bunch like, of weird. There was a bunch of weird stuff about how he has like thirteen siblings and like people are worried about the influence of his family Did you, oh i think that was kincaid oh that was kincaid oh it was oh, kincaid okay. or i think that was one of the tight ends oh okay. i think that was okay. uh <laughs> i think so I mean, it, all right i'm reading so much stuff which like kincaid yeah. and mayor like because those odds got blown up because of etr kind of in zero line on that podcast and zero line dropped nugget about kincaid falling which both tight ends opened up at 21 and a half and quickly Kincaid went to 24 and a half, like in a blank, which I have to wonder, like, I wonder if it wasn't for that ETR podcast, which was the night before it came out, would the Kincaid number have like ballooned up? Um, and then bet online came out with them both, which it's $50 limits. No one can bet into it really, but it's like a good frame of reference. And Mayer's at like 24 and a half and Kincaid's at 26 and a half, which 26 and a half is high. Like Bengals are a prime spot for a tight end. Um, okay. Which, and I think, yeah, I need to read that, those pieces. I think it was like Kincaid has all these siblings, but he's in a foster home or something. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. All right. So have you heard any, um, any buzz about, uh, teams with red flags for injuries on players? Uh, you heard about, so the Kincaid has the red flags and then you hear, there's something I saw today about Darnell Wright having like a red flag. Um, I don't know if it was health or what but like which i did not like like i wanted to shut that guy's twitter down for just like having any <laughs> thoughts on that um cam smith is falling which i think that's pretty known uh who, there's a couple other guys that 
I mean, Patrick Mahomes has had two practices with two wide receivers in this class the last two days. So everyone wants to say the Chiefs are going to take him, which I think the exact same thing happened last year. Of course. Um, well, they took Sky Moore, right? Or yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. Sky Moore. Um, yeah, there's no, which, and it, it's interesting because, like, you always hear about, like, the risers and the followers around this time. Yeah. And there's, like, two types. There's the risers and the followers that, in general, are, like, this is the common case where we were just wrong about them. It's not yeah. like these teams are all of a sudden, like, finding out about these players and bringing them all the way up to their boards. Like we were just wrong. The mock dress had been wrong. And then whatever's coming out, we're realizing that teams are higher on them, which this is the time that you want to really start paying attention to like the guys that you might hear teams are higher on this player than the media or lower on this player than the media. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's the guys like the Jeremy Tunsils where character issues come out and i think Devonte Wyatt was a good example i don't know how late that was last year but like they come out and they're real and when you get this close i guess it's just leaking um, teams have known and those guys just fall right out of the first round mm. uh, which i don't think i don't think i know of any right now that yeah it's been huge. maybe we maybe we just haven't gotten to that part yet we'll get there like the closer week. yeah the closer those flags come out like the more i believe it and the more drastic of a like opinion i think i'll have on it oh 100 okay uh mike durso gets to a question that i was saving for the end for you um mostly just because we don't have an answer <laughs> right but we can speculate i don't mind speculating um good info friend by the way mike durso hat tip to you uh what was up with the paris johnson steam because it was violent yesterday uh and it was it was professional from what i can tell you this was not a um, this was not a somebody read a mock draft and or released it on an ETR or four for four Discord or something. This looked like somebody had something, and I could never. I have yet to put a finger on um, who ultimately is so is so strongly tied to Paris Johnson Jr. Um, my speculation, based on who is in the market for offensive tackles, is we're talking about. Picks seven with the Raiders, pick nine with the Bears, 10 with the Eagles, 11 with the Titans. That kind of is the range where I would expect the first two, maybe three tackles to come off the board. No one's smashing an under button based on Bears info because they're lying to everyone and they want <laughs> everyone and they want everything and they might not even make the ninth pick. Right? right. You agree with that? Agree. No one's really been able to pinpoint who the Eagles want. We expect it's going to be a tackle, but a lot of people think they still go D-line and they're in a position where they can truly take best player available. And that might be cornerback, might be D-line, might be a tackle. Who knows? Probably going to be a tackle, but who, but not strong. So I think we can rule out 9 and 10. Titans are at 11. We know they are very much in the mix still to take a quarterback. So tackle seems week to really stake your your entire I mean, bankroll on so it's got to be the raiders right yeah which like honestly when i first saw it which i was like it was one of the more like you can kind of see when they're about to pop and this was just so random and <laughs> at first i thought it was like an etr dropping it in their discord um but then you realize it's not and it brings me back to charlie campbell having paris johnson to the raiders for months now yeah who charlie campbell's probably if there's a Mount Rushmore of mock drafters, he's on it. 
He's at least on uh, the top 10 of the Mount Rushmore. Yeah, which surely. he has. And Walter, there's like a tweet storm Walter had of like, basically, I don't know how they're connected. Like, I clearly have zero idea. Uh, but they have been in the past. And he went through like three or four like tweets of like, basically saying that they were right on the last four picks, which is like the Mayock years. But <laughs> they're saying that Paris is based off of sources um, at seven, which you assume if they... I'm assuming they're not lying. Um, if they have a source, the person's still there. And honestly, like, I don't think it's Walter and Charlie destroying these odds, but <laughs> like, that's the only like connection that I can make of it, like being true because they're not taking I mean, that ad rev and putting it right back yeah. in the FanDuel accounts. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they make a lot of ad rev right now. Um, but I mean, I, you've seen a few like Falcons offensive line, which I've always thought that the Falcons were somewhat of a like a really dark horse for O line. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like the only spot that in Paris to the Bears is like the most mocked pick in the top ten probably right now, other than Witherspoon. But like the Raiders would be the only logical one because I was looking at that over, and the only reason I didn't take the over was because of the steam, and you can't not respect it, and then. Because I already have Skaronsky, so why don't I just bet the matchup? Yeah, um, sure. But yeah, I mean, I yeah, I mean, that's the only connection I can make to a Paris. Under. Okay. And it's also not implausible that Vegas would be a pretty leaky ship. Big old turnover in the front office. Um, a lot of guys who may be like, I might not be here next year, so might as well make us some make a little money on this the information. Oh yes. Um, that 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 all checks out. Um. So I think expecting if you're putting Paris Johnson in a mock draft and you want kind of a high likelihood place to put him right now, I'd put him seven. <laughs> I think just that seems there's enough smoke there that I think that's real. Um, and it came in, and it yeah. was like it went to nine and a half, which the lower you got, the harder it is for to move. Which ten and a half was kind of a dead number because Paris to the Eagles is somewhat like unlikely, you could say, mm-hmm. um, where the difference between ten and a half and nine and a half really isn't a lot like it's always been the bears there's always been like a pick of cushion for paris mm-hmm. on his over under mm-hmm. and then the under kept getting hit and then now it's back to the over um which is probably people not realizing and seeing mock drafts but um jeremiah is low on him like if you do the comparison between like he has one of the largest discrepancy between like his ranking on the big boards between jeremiah mcshay and brugler yeah. to like the consensus yeah. She's in like I think 18 range. Yeah. And the consensus yeah. is like top 10. So there's a huge discrepancy between the two, but yeah. Yeah. The class isn't elite. The um to answer Regan Montgomery asks is a key a key question and I thought about this too. If we're saying this is the most likely, why wouldn't, you know, and if you were trying to make money on this information, why wouldn't you just go hit PJJ at a big old number for 7th overall? And that's a very very valid question. I think the answer is whoever has this information also knows that the Raiders are probably in talks to trade down from seven. Right? Like, and who would be a realistic trade partner? Probably the Titans coming up to get a quarterback. Raiders go down to 11. Um, You can sit here and click away on under 10 for Paris Johnson at a juicy price. You could could get $100,000 on that if you wanted. uh, If you were, you know, if you were sicko. Um, but there's, but it's not being bet. So I think the way it was kind of hit to me seems like somebody who thinks the Raiders are taking him 
and it's going to be in the top 11, but we're not sure where. That was kind of the read I got. Does that check out? Yeah, that's okay. fair. It's okay. definitely fair. Which, <clears throat> like seven and eight definitely feel like prime spots for the Titans or the Texans to trade back in if they do. Or like the guys that like the guys that you like are seeing the Falcons and Raiders taking at seven and eight, very it is very likely that those same guys would be available at yeah. eleven and twelve. Yeah. So if you just do yeah. a quick swap, get a couple of picks and take the same guy that you were going to in the first place, if the QB's falling or uh, someone that this team wants, like usually probably a QB or uh, where like Nolan and Christian Gonzalez are like the trendy picks for the Raiders and Falcons, and one of those two will definitely be there. You would assume at eleven mm-hmm. or twelve. Yeah, I yes, strongly agreed. Um, speaking of Gonzalez, um, decent info that uh, uh, there he there's a team in, and again, speaking of Gonzalez, and speaking of leaky teams, or at least teams that telegraph. Um, if there was a team in the NFL draft over the last four years that you think telegraphs their pick the most clearly, would you say it is the Steelers? Doesn't have to be player, but you know, just position and then second player. Is it the Steelers? They're yeah, he's the, like the, the most Tomlin. open book. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like one hundred percent. And uh, they are apparently making calls about trading up. Um, they need help Josh. on the offensive line. People kind of assume that's what they're going to go with. And maybe that's what they end up taking if they're stuck where they are now. Um, but apparently uh, they have eyes for Gonzalez and they're trying to get into a range where he would be their, uh, their choice. Have you, can, which would be eight, you, nine, eight, nine. Okay. You would assume can, where, yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I mean, if he if reports are coming out that that's what Tomlin wants to do, I would mm-hmm. put, like based off of history. It's accurate. Yeah. Um, so and like, yeah. And the, like the tea leaves aren't as clear on what the Steelers are doing at their pick to, up until today. Like really, like usually you can do it off of visits, et cetera. And we really don't know, which not knowing what Tom went doing around this time based off history is not common, which kind of mm-hmm. implies that a trade might be more likely um, because that might be the plan. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, if it's up into the range where Gonzalez is available, it has to be nine probably. And that's bears. Yeah. Uh, Bears and Steelers obviously have already made a deal <laughs> in this in current regimes, so that oh, you know, helps grease cool. the wheels. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how about Bears get their second get their get their second round pick back for pulling that swap off and going down to seventeen and giving the uh, <laughs> that that's really? not crazy. That's that that works. Um, so the Bears trading down seems possible. Do you think? Um, if Jalen Carter is available at nine, do they take Carter at nine or do they pull the trigger and, and get their second round pick back? I would say they take Jalen. Oh, wow. Okay. You think that's connection is strong enough. They need, they need blue chip players. They're going to take a guy even uh, with those, with that stuff swirling around them. They need talent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Jalen believes he's going the top 10. Like, clearly he might've gotten promises, et cetera, um, which I think would be insane if they didn't take Jalen at nine. Like, I, I don't think he should fall. Like, um, but I mean, we're, we're, we're talking about a guy that traded a second round pick for Claypool. So, um, yeah, I mean, 
Maybe. Okay. So we can assume maybe Bears and Steelers have a, a soft agreement in place. If Carter's available, we're taking him. If the if if the guy we want is not available, we'll trade the pick to you for this comp. Like that that discussion's already happened. Um, yeah, and those that's actually intertwined too because if Jalen's not available, that means someone took him, which means Gonzalez got pushed up, which would be that he would probably be there. Yeah. Which if Carter is available, you can assume that Gonzalez got taken um, and the trade would be off. So that, okay. it, that those scenarios definitely are correlated. Okay. Um, you got a sense of uh, uh, where Witherspoon ends if the Lions do something weird? I I really think the Lions are like, because the teams you like hear about the trade interest and so likely, like when all the trades are talked about, they never happen. And then when no one's talking yes. about them, they always happen. Yes. And out of all the teams that really isn't getting a lot of attention that have all the ammunition to do it, whether it's up, um, you would assume up are the Lions, um, who have a bridge quarterback, depending on who you ask. Uh, where I think the Lions are a prime spot for a trade that is like, a sharp spot that no one is talking about, but I think it can generally be assumed that it's with a spoon if they don't. Like I would say like 70, 30, 70 with a spoon, 30 Jalen. Okay. Do you agree? Ooh. Yeah. I'm, uh, I, 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 maybe 60, 40, 60, 40. I have, I have always, always, always been much softer on Witherspoons going to the Lions at six than just in general, the sentiment. You know, there's been a lot of like, oh, done deal. This is it. And I'm, he's, he's, he's got, it's got the certain to the Cowboys with, uh, you know, it's, it's a little, uh, little, little, too, little too common across the mocks that that's going to be it. And, and it does feel like he's starting yeah. to lose like traction to that pick within the last week. Yeah. Where like certain consensus was probably the most, the greatest consensus ever. Um, mm-hmm. but, I mean, maybe Jalen goes six um, or they trade out where Witherspoon is totally, which it always based off of the trade, uh, which they had an off season strong enough at that position that you could argue that they don't have to. Yeah. Um, but I agree. Gonzalez could go ahead of Witherspoon too, which Gonzalez was like, everyone was hating him. And then the, within the last like week or so, like he's like his standard deviation is like a lock at like seven or eight. Um, mm. Then today he started to fall, but. I don't, I, you're right. Like, if you asked me that question last week, I probably would have said 70 30. And yeah. as of today, I'm, I'll backtrack 50, 50, and say 60 40. 60 40. Okay. I like that. Um, let's end with some fun stuff and call it a pod. This was extremely fun. Uh, hopefully, uh, uh, opened your mind to, uh, Mac Jones, Mac Jones. Wearing, uh, wearing the horns <laughs> this year. <laughs> uh, you're going to start watching, uh, Levis tape. Preparing him for his, his Patriots career. Do you think he's got the goods? Uh, Dude, do you want to watch Levis? Someone, <laughs> someone asked me that question before we got on. Like a buddy texted. Yeah. He's like, how would you feel about Levis? And my response is like anyone but Mac. Um, and I know Mac's gotten <laughs> dealt a bad card. And like, yeah. but at the same, like he could have, I'm not saying he sucks. He just needs a new start. I think yes. is what yeah. he needs. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, do you think anyone is in the market for Lance? Or do you think that is entirely... Niners just trying to uh, drum up some interest because they are, they have, you know, because, you know, Kyle Shanahan and Brock Purdy are apparently man crushed to the, to the death. Yeah. 
I have, I honestly have no idea. Like, I literally have no idea on that one. Like, you got me to believe more. Like, if I asked myself the question whether Mac or Trey would be more likely to be traded before we talked, I would have said, like, <laughs> Trey in a landslide. But now I'm, like, totally rattled. Um, but at least we have two options. Um, yeah, I think uh, – and I think a lot of teams, I, again, like – don't know how likely a draft day trade is unless they've already kind of decided, which could be with like Patriots and the Texans have so many, you know, so many, such a common, it's, a, it's such a Venn diagram of, of player and personnel people that they could already have something worked out and it wouldn't shock me. Um, but uh, any other kind of draft, like big time draft day trades, I think are pretty unlikely this year. I know we had AJ Brown get shipped last year. Uh, that felt a little unique. I don't think there's really anyone like that who's not going to get the deal he wants and is going to get shipped for picks. Like it just and doesn't I, really feel like that this year. Um, if Cesario is actually on the schneid, and the rumors are true about him going back to the Patriots, and he makes a swap. The Patriots <sighs> trapped in the quarterback that he wants, whether he if he loves Levis, so that the Texans get Mac, and when he goes back, he has the guy that he wanted it all along. Um, That'd be wild. <laughs> that would be wild. Really uh, yeah, some some uh, some former Niners staffers get the quarterback they always wanted, and Mac. Some that <laughs> it's it's just crazy how the you know things are things are. Uh, things are starting to get real incesty with teams and, and coaches and GMs, uh, considering you know there's only been a few teams to be successful, and now everybody's poached everybody. But anyway, um, the um, uh, Lance I think is a lot of teams' plan C. <laughs> you know, like Great. Colts, like a Colts, like like if, if if all of the shit goes against the Colts in every which way, and they're like stuck with every bad decision and they don't have a quarterback for week one, I could see them doing something like, okay, fine. We'll trade you our 2024 second for Lance for Lance. And we'll, right. this, this is Lance's fresh start. Right. right. Um, and uh, you know, so yeah, I think, I think realistically, uh, you know, we're not going to see Lance moved until after the draft. I don't know what to make of the Lamar situation currently. I don't think we're going to get any resolution of that on draft day. Um, and then um, yeah, I think uh, the, but, but surely for me, at least the, funnest the most fun thing that could happen uh would be uh a cj uh stroud slide great 100%. just from like just for content's sake right like number one the idea that he could be there at nine when the panthers traded up from nine to one <laughs> to get him would just be amazing like just hilarious that right? would be oh, yeah, absolutely hilarious. and then amazing. And then, uh, and then, even better than that, and this is maybe the funnest thing that could happen: um, the uh, uh, everybody's like, "Oh yeah, over four and a half quarterbacks." Like somebody's going to trade into the end of the first round to draft a quarterback. Nope. It's fifth year option. Name of the show. Uh, it's <laughs> that's it's always like don't ever bet on that like assumption. Great. Like it's crazy. Uh, but the idea of all these people having over four and a half quarterbacks in in hand and then seeing like it doesn't hit because cj stride slides all the way out <laughs> of round one <laughs> because no because honestly like this is like you you may say that's insane but like once he gets past the falcons at eight titans at 11 i mean there's literally zero shot he falls into the first but <laughs> it is a free it is like definitely a free fall yeah, he didn't. Uh, he didn't go to the Manning camp. He didn't kiss the rings. That matters, right? Royalty. No, that doesn't matter. That doesn't. <laughs> that was a great story, though. Um, all right, probably just a story. Uh, is Dan? Uh, is Dan? Um, 
pulling our leg or did the Eagles actually hire Matt Patricia? Is that breaking news? Mm, I think they actually might have. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, goodness gracious. Um, I, think, I think it was like a consulting gig again. Whew, special defensive assistant. Oh, boy. Um, not sure how that guy gets work, but that's fine. Um, Patrick is probably right. Bucks is probably a fair backstop, uh, a la Packers taking uh, Aaron Rodgers at 24 or whatever. Bucks Agreed. taking CJ is probably as low as he goes. Um, however, uh, if some team lucks into Stroud after top 10, then Hooker going in round one all of a sudden is a lot less likely. Exactly. So, all right. Any final thoughts? No, we're good. This was fun. All right, man. Um, best of luck on all your draft props. I hope you uh, get the information to market before the number becomes unbettable. And, uh, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, let's have a fun right. week. One week, one week left. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> 